0: If Penn State wants to stay ahead in the class of 2024, they're going to have to play chess and flip some prospects.
1: You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Yes, that is right. You are Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every day single day we are free and available wherever you get in your podcast part of the locked on podcast network and we bring it back from the locked on podcast network he is the national recruiting analyst for locked on that is brian smith also does things with uh, all Miami Hurricanes when it comes to Fan Nation, the publisher over there. Brian, thanks so much for coming back on. And this is uh, we brought this up the last time we talked, Brian. It was uh, getting into the idea that Penn State's going to have to play the long game. The summer's going to get a little quiet here, and just talking with other some other people that are connected in the recruiting industry, some Penn State media members as well. That Penn State's going to have to try to get these kids on campus for the whiteout game, the stripeout game uh, the, the big, the big time games to get that true stadium atmosphere. So Penn state's recruiting isn't over uh, as, as the summer concludes. It's going to really pick up when these games actually happen. And by flipping these recruits, they're going to have to win some games. So I, I know that David Polly Polly has been brought up as a potential flip target. Uh, Rico Scott has been brought up frequently. I, I think those are guys because they're in the state of Pennsylvania. It makes sense, but what other candidates do you think could be flip targets or who's Penn State going to continually try to recruit until the name's on the dotted line?
1: Uh, Any of the like Florida wide receivers like Jeremiah Smith, Chance Robinson, et cetera. uh, I know they've got a chance also. In addition to that, they've got Josiah trader as a possible visit in the fall as well. He told me that. So anybody like that, that's a playmaker. Those are the guys they're going to try and get whether they're committed or not. Um, In-state, though, your point is still pretty relevant. Like Rico, he goes to school not that far from where Happy Valley is at. Nope. Yeah, I know he's committed to Alabama, but this is right down, your, right down your alley. And if you're going to beat Alabama, you can't lose local kids to them. So that's probably a personal one. Anything local that they lost out on, I would start there.
0: Yeah, Penn State, I know that just from – what people have gathered, what people have reported on Rico. Penn State still wants Rico Scott Penn State still wants David Poly Poly, and it's a matter of getting them on campus in person reminding them like hey, you don't have to go far you don't have to leave home for this kind of atmosphere. I think those are some interesting ones I saw that Chase Robinson is still a prime target and we're going to get into wide receivers for Penn State. And why they at least it's cooled off with the way that wide receiver coach Marcus Haggins has done an incredible job to this point with the three prospects that they have landed in the class of 2024. But Chance Robinson, that's an interesting one because he was committed verbally. He is committed verbally to Miami of Florida, of course. You, Brian, you know this very well, covering a lot of floor, a lot of the Florida area and southeast. But Chance Robinson did take an official visit to Penn State despite being committed to the Hurricanes. Is this a battle that Penn State could legitimately at least be? uh, Could they entertain Chance Robinson to reconsidering? They could if they can get him back on campus.
1: As of right now, he's pretty much locked in with Miami after he took his official visit. But he's a South Florida kid. South Florida kids are the most fickle in the country. You never know. You get him out for a whiteout game, it's a possibility. But he did take his official already. So let's see if he comes back up to Happy Valley. Then we'll have an idea.
0: And Penn State has a lot of offensive line commits, a lot of good ones as well, uh, it sounds like. And then you can add Caleb Brewer into the mix. Now, he might be considered a tight end as well. He's that jumbo athlete, but he's going to start on the offensive side of the football, whether that's offensive line, tight end. So the offensive line room does get a little bigger. Another one that is a primary flip candidate is another in-state kid, Kevin Haywood tackle that's committed to wisconsin now penn state went into wisconsin with the changes luke fickle of course taking over the badgers program and penn state got quite a few commits out of there uh, knowing that there was a change in the regime they did that with virginia it's a little bit of friendly fire but brent pride becomes the head coach of virginia tech and penn state takes advantage in that recruiting cycle so a little bit of chess not checkers here for the nittany lions and james franklin but now wisconsin does it back they say hey how do you like it they go and get Kevin Haywood even though that's a prime Penn State target but again in state is this kind of a similar situation where Penn State could maybe maybe talk out Rico Scott of Alabama and then Haywood of Wisconsin why not you know what i mean it's your state you it's not like Wisconsin
1: is a dominant program they've been okay here lately but i mean this this is a situation i was very surprised when the kid picked Wisconsin but you know it's an offensive lineman etc I think you just have to recruit those kind of kids. I know Penn State's doing well in the offensive line. It's not as big a need, but he's really good. I mean, it's hard to find offensive tackles, and he's in your backyard. So if you're not still recruiting him, I would ask why. And, again, I know that they're in a good spot with offensive line, but Penn State has done a tremendous job. But kids like that in your backyard, when you lose them, it generally comes back to bite you, especially when you're going to play against him at some point.
0: Out of all the names we mentioned, these are some good prospects, and that's why they are Division I recruits, right, Brian? Uh, given given just the few that we named, and maybe there's some other ones that, that you might come to think of, but who is the most important in your mind? For me personally, it's Rico Scott. I know that Penn State already has three verbal commits at this time, early July, right? Things could change, and we're going to discuss that a little more in the upcoming segment here. But Penn State, I think... If they were able to flip Tysir Denmark, what's to stop them from flipping Rico Scott and then having two household names in the state of Pennsylvania continuing to dominate the state? To go along with that theme, I think it's Rico Scott. If they have to get anybody out of just the five, six prospects that we named, in your mind, is there somebody else that might be more valuable than a Rico Scott commitment?
1: I think that Rico would be my first pick because they need playmakers. I mean, the running back recruiting at Penn State of late has been obviously tremendous. Yeah. But if you're going to compete with Alabama, you've got to have those guys in, on top of it. He would be playing against you at Alabama. So yep. you need guys that can just take a pass, make two or three guys miss and score. Once you get to the college football playoff, look at the game last year, Ohio State versus Georgia. Both teams are like 41 to 40 or whatever it was. You need guys that make plays in space that are just better than the guy in front of them. There's a reason that Alabama went all the way up to Harrisburg to get this kid you know what I mean it, he could come in and play right away at Penn State they need offensive linemen and all that too but receiver might be the biggest need for the Nittany Lions and again he's right down the freaking road you can't you just can't lose those kids you're not you're not going to get over the proverbial hump let's just look at it that way you're not going to so yeah they they need to get him back on campus and at least try to recruit him some more
0: it's going to be difficult to get hit. It's not like he is committed to a pit or yes, I'm going to throw a shaded pit or a Maryland, right? Uh, it is Alabama. That, uh, that's pretty tough to do. Penn state did do yes, it, it one other time. They did it the last recruiting cycle, right? With Elliot Washington. Now he's on campus. That's so true. let's see. Now let's see if they can go two for two. It is locked on Nittany Lions. And to continue with the, with the recruiting cycle and how Penn state is going to do another name has popped up on the big board. This one is new for Penn state because He included the Nittany Lions in a surprise top 25. Before we get to that, let's hear from our sponsor of today's episode, and that is FanDuel America's number one sports book. Take your swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times that is right, 10 times your first bet amount of bonus bets up to $200. That is right, just bet 20 bucks and you will land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose. That's the important part. That's $200 you can spend on betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All in an app that is safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly there's no better place to bet major league baseball on fanduel america's number one sportsbook so sign up today and visit fanduel.com locked on to get 200 dollars in bonus bets That's 200 dollars in bonus bets fanduel.com locked on fanduel official partner of major league baseball and locked on nittany lions is your go-to podcast for happy check out penn state rivals happy for all the latest in penn state coverage and brian where can people keep up with what you do personally and all the good work in college football recruiting and so much other coverage
1: (laughs) right now is definitely crazy at fbscout underscore florida uh my youtube page and then especially my twitter page that that is the one in particular right now kids from texas florida the northeast everywhere it's it's pretty
0: busy brother Okay, so this goes along with the second segment here, but I, I think it's an important segue. We'll start with a new name to know, just one singular one, and this will go into the way that Marcus Haggins has been recruiting. It's been so successful, uh, and that name is a wide receiver. It is Jonathan Payler, who it seemed like he was going to be on his way to South Carolina, but then he releases the top five. He's taking his time to announce his official verbal commitment, and it seemed like Penn State really wasn't going to be in the running but they already have three wide receiver commits. Uh, it's kind of the reason that Nick Marsh, aside from some other things, right? It is pretty crowded. Penn State was able to flip ties Denmark. It's important to commit early rather than later if you want to go to a certain destination. Peter Gonzalez, Jos- Josiah Brown committed on the same day. But this just uh, this is just icing on the cake, personally. If they're able to even get the attention of these guys like Chance Robinson, who we talked about in the first segment, and now Jonathan Paler. I like Paler as a prospect just because he is a four-star. He's going to add another. Uh, he's a diverse wide receiver. He's got a diverse skill set. But this is another one where, Brian, you brought this up of how Penn State just continues to recruit all over the nation. They're not just stuck in Pennsylvania anymore. They're going down south. They're getting the attention of kids that would honestly be SEC commits. And now they're starting to bring them up north in Elliot Washington, for example, who's currently on the roster. That's just one, just to name uh, the few. But Jonathan Paler, what do you like about him aside from just giving another added element to a wide receiver room that does need help for the future at Penn State?
1: He is electric. He's one of the best players in the country. I mean, he he's going to walk in somewhere and compete for immediate minutes at slot, and anybody that kicks it to him when he's doing punt returns and stuff, that's their own decision. I wouldn't kick it to him so he can make anybody miss in a very short area. And that's why his offer list is through the roof. Paylor is dynamic. Absolutely can change a game anytime he touches the football.
0: And I, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think Penn State definitely needs, just because you, you look nearsighted and Penn State, at least for the time being, maybe this will sort itself out as they go through camp. But from what I've gathered Penn State doesn't have a punt return, or at least a bona fide one right now. That might be Keaton Ellis. I know I'm looking on the defensive side of things. That could be Daquan Hardy. Uh, typically, it's a wide receiver. Jahan Dotson was electorate. Teams stopped punting to the open field for him. They learned very quickly. Parker Washington had some good returns. It became It became a game plan. Do not punt to the guy that Penn State has waiting back there. But for this season... You don't know who that is. It was it was Dotson. It was Parker Washington. Now it's a huge question mark with whose best guess is it? Is it Caden Saunders? So I'm glad that somebody like a Paler, a Josiah Brown in this class, he's already committed. But if Paler were to be there, then it's some good, healthy competition for special teams, which could be one of the reasons if Penn State's going to struggle anywhere, it might be in the special teams game. So that's, a, that's an important part of it, Brian. You've got to win at every phase, especially,
1: again, if you're trying to crash the party in the playoffs, punt return could be the difference between winning and losing a game.
0: It often is,
1: you know, and he could be a guy that blocks kicks too. Speed never goes out of style, and he is flat-out electric.
0: So then that begs the question as well, because this is the the name of the second segment, right? A phrase at wide receiver, Penn State, it, the job's not done. And some people might look at this, because we, before, we, before we hopped on, on this podcast, Brian, you said to me, Well, Penn State, they already have three wide receiver commits. What do you mean that? How is there a freeze? Exactly, because Penn State's goal was not to stop at three. It was to get four. It was to get five. Honestly, in a perfect world, they would like to take six. So Penn State, for the time, is it just because the room is starting to get crowded? It seems like, I know when Nick Marsh has a lot of interest in Michigan State, but Everything the stars were aligning for him to be a big wide receiver in Happy Valley. Then the dominoes fall. Josiah Brown commits Peter Gonzalez at the same time. Literally, Tizier Denmark flips, which I think is the most important wide receiver commit to this point for Penn State. No disrespect to Gonzalez, the potential uh, of what Marsh could have been, and of course, Josiah Brown. But three, it Three is a lot of company here for Penn State. Is that just the case, or is it just they've cooled off that they, they can't make as much? They've already made their push, and they're done to this point.
1: Uh, there's never any stop. I mean, that staff really works hard, first off. yeah, uh, Penn State's done a tremendous job down here in the Sunshine State where I live, and to be honest, I don't think it really matters where they're at. They just have a good staff. So if they need four or five receivers, you just keep recruiting. They can't sign until December. So the only thing that I will tell Penn State fans is, and I know no fan base fits this, but they need to be patient. Uh, Recruiting is going to go through the fall. They're going to have games that are home games that receivers come in. Heck, Nick Marsh might visit again. You you never know. It's 17-year-olds, brother. So if receiver is that important and they want a big-bodied guy that they think can play early, they just got to keep recruiting. So I bet you they end up getting at least one more guy. It may not even be a player that we're talking about now either. It could be somebody that comes out of the blue that they try to flip from another school, or maybe it's a New Jersey kid or something. There's plenty of time.
0: Yeah. Someone that might have a good start to their senior season and then push it because high high school football and most seasons end in November, the good teams continue to push through the month of November into for Pennsylvania. Anyway, the championship games are in December, but uh, if you have a good season, who's to say that Penn State can't uh, jump in that window between November and sure. December before the early signing period comes to a close? I, Brian, just it, it is difficult. The message becomes a lot more difficult when there are zero wide receivers in the class. Yes, you can. the, the pitch is a little easier to say. Hey, Tyzier, why don't you come home? Come back to the state of Pennsylvania and, and be one of these premier guys. Be one of the first ones to set the two, set the tone for the new wide receiver program at Penn State because it's now under the direction of Marcus Haggins. Same thing with the pitch to Peter Gonzalez and Josiah Brown. So how do you, just in your opinion, how do you push through that? Because I do know that it's difficult when there's already so many guys. It's going to get harder when there's a fourth, potentially a fifth. So where does Penn State sit back and say, yes, we can get six in a perfect world? How can they even think like that?
1: It just depends on your depth chart for any school. Obviously, if you're trying to take that many, that means they have concerns about their depth chart beyond 2023. Okay. Now, I mean, it's just that simple. And if you're recruiting elite players like Chance Robinson, I know well, he ain't afraid of anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Jeremiah Smith, all those guys, they they care less. They they don't they don't think they're gonna get slowed down. You just need kids that have that kind of savviness, that kind of confidence to come in. And you're probably gonna have to take elite players. It's kind of boomer bust time. I mean, Denmark's a hell of a player anyway. I think he's gonna play very early at Penn State. Brown's a good guy, et cetera, but they need more depth, then go get it. It's And if a kid's scared of it, that's a sign to Franklin and his staff that this may not be what we're looking for.
0: And it's definitely going to be an open and healthy competition. Dante Cephas is only coming in for one season, and I know that they brought in Malik McLean as well. He's a multi-year type of player that is going to continue, but his position's different. I look at Taiser Denmark and I see that X wide receiver that number 1 Josiah Brown because he's a little taller I maybe I, the, and the way that Penn State recruits and Brian I know that you picked up on this this well as well these wide receivers aside from maybe a Peter Gonzalez are almost positionless they the Penn State typically in this offense with Mike Yersich the X the Y the Z the two boundaries and then the slot but I look at Tizer Denmark Chance Robinson, who is committed to Miami and then Josiah Brown. And I can't pinpoint them at a specific position. There's going to be an open, healthy competition at the X. I think the same thing could be said at the slot when Keandre Lambert Smith decides to move on too. So yeah, uh, there's going to be a a lot of opportunities in not, not just this season, but the, the following two, at least. Yeah,
1: that's, that's the key too, man. You got to bring in guys, let them compete and what the best player, you know, kind of Went out and the chips fall where they may. I'm not worried if I'm Penn State. Mm -hmm. You know, that Franklin's a hell of a recruiter and they and they've scored a lot of points since he's been there. It'll take care of itself. And part of this with the receiver thing, just to be back to that, maybe they get another Cephas next year, too. You don't just have to get receivers out of the prep ranks. It could be a Juco kid, or there could be a kid out of the port.
0: That's a very good point. If you like what we do here on Locked on Nittany Lions and, of course, the Locked on, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow along wherever you get your podcasts, on Twitter at Locked on Nittany, and my personal account at Zach underscore Seiko. Brian, in this final segment, this is just again, I'd like to finish big picture, the broader sort of sense, but we're going to narrow it down to the southeast of Florida, where you where your expertise lies because Penn State is no longer just married to they want to dominate the state, but now they're starting to expand out, imperialize a little bit, if you will. That's right. But, well, but they've, had, they've had success in Florida, so you know you have a better idea and understanding of who they're talking to consistently, what prospects like a Chance Robinson. I know I keep bringing him up, but he's kind of that high-profile player that Penn State in a perfect world would like to get into the wide receiver room here. For the Nittany Lions, are there any names that fans should be aware of that Penn State <clears> is <throat> silently continuing to recruit through the dead period into the high school football season that ultimately might end up being Penn State and Nittany Lions besides Robinson in a perfect world?
1: Uh, there's a bunch. Uh, who they are, I don't know. You just said the key word, silently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like literally, it's, it is what it sounds like. They're going to recruit a ton of Florida kids. They've offered more kids in Florida than they have the state of Pennsylvania. Literally. Wow. So more kids in Texas, too. Yeah. Uh, it's just these, these states just have more players, especially at the skill mm-hmm. spots outside the numbers we are a track state. So is Texas. And that's the difference. Um, kid that won it's going to Miami, just enroll ran a 10 2 in hundred meters. That's, that's what you're looking for, brother. And uh, Chris Johnson, I'm sure he'll find his way on the field of Miami. And that's what Penn state's looking for. There's a lot of late bloomers in this state too. Yeah. Every year, there'll be somebody that ends up at like Florida or Miami or Penn state that I don't even know who they are right now. And I live here. There'll be one of those. Uh, it's, it's hilarious. But every year there's kids like that that come out for football kind of late, and that happens. But the kid in particular I'm curious about is Xavier Porter, kid okay. that actually visited Penn State. And the reason I say that is, if they don't get the D tackle that committed to USC,
0: poly poly, yep,
1: yeah, they look you you. There's only so many guys that can play interior D line, and mm-hmm. I know from I know the kid well. He likes Penn State. I don't care where he's trending now. If they have a good year, that's a kid that could come back around on. He, he would fit Penn State well uh Louisville and some other schools are after him too but that's a kid i would watch okay
0: I, I think there's another one that did have that visit ty hilton again penn state's offensive line room has really taken shape uh, they have they're targeting they're going to try right they are going to try to get kevin kevin haywood back they're going to try to flip him they're going they are still chasing after some other offense. they they're not done at four or five they want to in their perfect world again it's six or seven so is a Ty Hilton, another prospect who is a listed as an offensive tackle, took one of the first official visits in June. Does he have a good relationship with Penn state or is it more likely that Porter's a commit and then Hilton stays behind and ultimately lands somewhere else? Nobody knows what Hilton's going to do. Okay. He
1: lives right down the road from where I have no idea where that kid's going to go. His recruitment has been very quiet. So when you find out, I'll know too. <laughs> Welcome to Florida, man. It's a little different down here.
0: Uh, the last one, just because I always want to get – and and I didn't put it in the show notes, but he's someone that Penn State – he's had a roller coaster of a high school career. You know exactly what I'm referring to, and we brought him up already. The everydayers know him, T.A. Cunningham. He's someone that the potential excites you because once upon a time, he was a top 10 prospect when it came to high school football. He's bounced around California. Now he's settled down in Florida. Yep. For Penn State, it is to, do they – are they the – Preemptive favorite to land T.A. Cunningham. That's
1: what everybody thinks. And based on everything that I've heard down there, it is. But he's a kid that's changed his list a lot. I need to see him take a visit in the fall before I'll believe it. Um, He loves football and and he lives it, breathes it. But we need to see him get back up to Penn State early in the year. I don't know which home game they have in September, early October that would fit that. But
0: Mm -hmm. that's how
1: I would base it on. It's not what you say. It's what you do that I follow.
0: So Cunningham's going to be more of a last-second verbal commit, maybe oh, someone right before right before signing day. A hundred percent. Yes. All right. Good to know, Brian. I appreciate the insight as always, and the everydayers are going to continue to like uh, like these conversations because they're always positive about what Penn State's doing for the class of 2024 and beyond. So thanks for the perspective, and can't wait to have you back on the show very soon.
1: Thank you very much. Have a good
0: one. Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Locked on Nittany Lions. Please leave a like, comment your thoughts, share this episode with your friends. And if you like what we do here, subscribe to the show on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.